I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, and welcome to a very special episode of Serious Issues, a uh, sometimes Lee pop co- comic book podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And we are currently out the back of King's Comics in Sydney, 403 Pier George Street. Nice. Is where, where we save. live. Uh, and we have a special guest with us. Um, you, you may have heard us talk about one of two collections that he has uh, been the editor and publisher on in the, uh, in the previous couple of episodes we've done. Um, and also writer of some... Stories? Yes, right. that's right. Yeah, um, I wrote one of the stories in the first issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Chris Neal, and uh, he is the uh, publisher and editor of Meet Me in the Pit, which is a, uh, so far, uh, t- biannual. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be quarterly or, or, or halfly? Uh, the rate at which I publish it is the rate at which I make my money back on it. Yep. So, yeah, at the moment, I've made two a year, hopefully, minimum. With, with your support, dear listener, we could get one of these a day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Meet Me in the Pit is a um, is a, a, an anthology that comes out. Uh, we've got two issues of it so far, and it's all about um, people's experiences with music, which is uh, a touchy subject, given that it is an intensely personal subject and something that I think can lead to some of the cringiest moments in art and pop culture. Um, so uh, looking gonna... at you, Karen Gillan, <laughs> um, and Joss Whedon, and um, who did Juno? Juno, Diablo Cody. That yeah. is, I think that's the worst music reference in a movie or anything With ever. With the Sonic Youth thing? When, uh, yeah, when yeah. Uh, what, Juno Jason and Jason Bateman, Bateman they're, they're discussing like like the music that he used to love growing up. And yeah, he's like, oh man, this Sonic Youth cover of uh, The Carpenters, it's so good. You gotta, you gotta get across it, man. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's just like, it's, <laughs> it's when, when, when it's, you know, it, often it's a chance for writers to project their their like interests on on a character that mm-hmm. isn't them and and make them cool because of they're, they're sharing the same interests as a writer. It can be very cringy, but um, as uh, Meet Me in the Pit is uh, mostly like diary kind of uh, style comics, I think it escapes that. And uh, there are a few moments of cringe within Meet Me in the Pit, and the ones that do exist are kind of purposeful and I think add to it overall. Um, Meet Me in the Pit is all Sydney creators. Australian? No, 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 uh, not even Australian. Uh, all Australian. Um, I'll try not to hit the table. Uh, the, the, <laughs> all Australian. <laughs> um, this issue uh, 
just by total accident. Everyone in it is from Sydney. The only person who isn't in it is in Melbourne. And she was supposed to be in issue one, but she got super ill around the time we we're working on issue one uh, and just fell back on her commission work and stuff. So I was like, just give it some time and I'll have you on for issue two. Um, so you've been a comic book reader and a comic book journalist um, for many years now. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you write about comics for various uh, websites in Australia and the world. Yes. Where are you writing for at the moment? Uh, whoever will take me. Um, uh, I did here first, folks. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like last year I did a stint um, working for doing some uh, articles for Multiversity Comics. Oh, cool. uh, and I did a really big stint, like six months, uh, at uh, Comic Book Resources, just writing like, uh, like a feature every week uh, until it critically burnt me out, and then I just stopped submitting pitches. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Was comics the, will break the... your heart. Doing comics-related things weekly is very tough. It is hard. I've heard that. Um, what was the process of working with CBR like? Um. Fine. Like, <laughs> that. well, the thing was that they wanted to have you try and pitch something weekly and try to put something out weekly. And at the time, I was working a full-time job at a children's magazine as the writer there. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, so, my Saturdays or my Sunday would be spent smashing out this article. And unfortunately, was not for a lot of pay, even with the kind of American exchange rate. And that kind of uh, led to me kind of dropping off there as well. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Like most of it was, uh, Hey, I have an idea. I really, really want to write, write about this thing. And then I'll submit it to them. And that'll be like, yeah, that sounds fine. Like I really like the arc in the Spider-Man gauntlet series where it's the two Rhino issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I just wanted to write a, uh, kind of retrospective about how much I like those comics, um, pitch that and let me write it. And then stuff like I did, uh, an article about when Spider-Man Homecoming came out being like, what villains won't we see in Spider-Man Homecoming 2? Who's to say? Um, but yeah, uh, I know they've kind of moved to more list stuff now. Yeah. Uh, I never did any of those. And They're fun. That was your problem? Yeah. They are fun to do. Yeah. You love a good list. Uh, mostly food-based lists. Which I, there, I, there's actually a big article uh, going around at the moment. That someone in the states wrote he did like a best burgers in America, um, like kind of video series. And then uh, six months after he announced this place in Portland as the best burger place, it shut down because he could, they couldn't handle the uh, the pressures that being named best burger place in America brought with it. Oh my gosh! And it's like this big, awesome, thoughtful piece about blaming. Mm. You know, is is the writer to blame? Do is a preparation needs to be you know put into a, a big decision like that? But I don't think any comic book creator would ever complain about too many people buying their comics. So <laughs> yeah, I don't much. think that exists in the comic world. So how do you go about finding people for Meet Me in the Pit? Because I was like, I'm amazed with each issue at like the amount of talent that you've managed to find, especially considering I know so few of these people. Not that I'm like some you know paragon of knowing the. Sydney comics community More but I was so like whoa me. I didn't know there were people like this uh yeah so for the first issue pretty much I just wrote out a list of Australian cartoonists that I really like and who I follow and like I bought their zines at you know Otherworld or the MCA zine fair previously um and was just like it'd be cool if I reach out to them they say no they say no if they say yes that's the best like I have mm. literally nothing to lose to reach out to these people and so for the first issue I reached out to about seven people and two of them said no because they were in the middle of uh doing their like 
university honors or masters. Okay. Uh, so like, I don't have time to do this comic book for what you're paying me. Mm. I sorry. Um, but they later worked on issue two, so it all worked out in the end. Amazing. Um, but yeah, just kind of reached out to people and was like, "Do you want to do this?" And was surprised that so many, like all, all of them, said yes, uh, except for you know those two. Uh, and then I did a post on Twitter, just being like, "I'm looking for cartoonist people. Uh, if anyone knows anyone, tell them to send me an email." And yeah, so half of issue one were people I went to, and another the other half were people who came to me. Uh, Beck, who did the cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been friends with her with a couple of years now. We did a comic together. Give, give a full name. Uh, 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 Rebecca Lowry. Uh, we did a comic together um, early last year. The la- at 20... 2017 is last year, yes. Uh, 2017's uh, Otherworld Zine Fair, we did a like little eight-page uh, crime story where it's like a guy cool. being followed home. I uh, thinks he's being followed and he gets in and the, but oh the assassin's already at home waiting for him and shoots him. Um, we did that and like Riso printed it, uh, and I think that is also why I printed Meet Me in the Pit the way I did because we spent the entire day at like the Riso Graph place in Marrickville printing it out. Then we have to go home and like cut certain parts of it and fold it and like just the effort put into putting it together was terrible and I never want to do that again. Um, it was also all purple ink so it looked like i'd just been like smashing my hands in like blueberries all day beating up grimace yeah pretty much um but yeah uh then issue two pretty much everyone on issue two uh is someone i i reached out to everyone like that was me just being like oh cool these people worked on issue one maybe i can get these people to work on issue two and all of them said yes so that was super great uh and i had a couple people also email me while i was working on issue two to be like i want to work on this so I've already got like half of issue three sorted out. I need to actually send them all follow-up emails. So, good reminder. Ha- half hand wavy, maybe. <laughs> you mentioned something uh, very, very important um, when you were describing uh, your relationships with your artists, and that is that you pay them. Yes. Um, and I feel like in the world of self-publishing comics in Australia, uh, that is an exter- extremely new and, and and daring concept. Very rare. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all of the entire thing is paid for out of my pocket. Uh, so I pay for the printing, uh, pay for uh, pay for all the artist fees, any other things on the side. Like I have to go buy a bunch of bags and boards to like put stuff in when I send them overseas and stuff. Uh, not overseas when I post them out. Uh, but yeah, um, just thought it would be cool to pay them. Like I think that seems yeah, very fair, agree. very I don't, reasonable. I don't know how to phrase that. I'm just like, yeah, like, you know. I know how it is being a kind of writer in Australia and doing work for no pay for publications and even overseas publications and that, you know, you get the exposure, but doesn't really pay, doesn't really like it. Like having the, I guess the money on the table kind of gives you a bit more of a motivation to do it. Um, there was a place I was writing for that was not paying me um, and just they would always be like, yeah, you guys should... You, we need more pitches. Someone should pitch. And I'm just like, oh, I could pitch to them. But also, I could pitch to someone who will give me, like, even a little bit of money to yeah. write the same thing. So, yeah. I'm At least right. value you in some way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you can't eat exposure. Pretty much. Unfortunately. So, you mentioned the print, uh, the printing process for Meet Me in the Pit. And I think that's definitely one of the things that makes it stand out against a lot of local comics is how nice the print quality is. What do you actually... How did you do that? Uh, how is that possible? 
there is a man who lives in West Pennant Hills and apparently has a granny flat out at the back of his house with a printing press in it. Oh, that's my dream. Um, and that's actually that's, like 10 minutes that's from actually my house. the lovely and I just send him a printing press. I just, I just send him my PDFs and then he sends me the proofs and then I send him the updated PDFs and then he sends me the box of comics. He's a lovely man. Uh, wow. The place is called Comic Books on Demand. Ah, um, wow, cool. I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, dude's name is Doug. Uh, if you want to print comics, go to him. Uh, the When I was setting it up to get a quote, he has on the side the kind of like, this is my recommendation if you just want to do like a standard comic book print. And that's what I chose to just print issue one. And I just haven't changed the specs since. Like, just him being like, you should make the cover this thick, you should make the cover internals this thick, make them gloss, make them look like this, whatever. And yeah, I got it and was just like, oh, wow, like, this looks yeah. so nice and professional looking. It's so um, it's so good when you find someone like that because the information that you need when you're doing something like this on your own is never, like, where you want it to be. Yeah. So when someone does show up with, like, all the answers and all you need to do is pay them, Totally. Get, you'll get your money. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, and he's just a super nice dude. Like, when I sent off the quotes to print issue two, he sent me back an email being, whoa, issue two already, Chris? Issue one was great. I'm really glad to see that this is happening. I was just like, yeah, Doug. What a legend. <laughs> he's so, so nice. nice. Yeah, such a good dude. Um, so, what's your editing process like? Do you just go like, yep, excellent, thank you. This one will go first. This one will go second. Or is it more complicated? Um. I guess in terms of editing uh, individual people, people send me their pages and if they have um, like any errors or one on it, on it I'll go back and be like, hey, you misspelled this. Um, one of my friends worked on issue two, Scott, who did the Jeff Rosenstock comic. That's all like 3D art that oh, yeah. so you're looking at. That's yeah, really I've cool. Been, yeah, I've been friends with him for like, God, years. Um, we became friends because of comics. Um, so yeah, just been and it's been years of us being like we should do comics together and then we never do because we have the ideas and then when it comes to execution we're just like oh, i can't be fucked uh <laughs> then uh yeah he he worked on that um and looking at his stuff like i added uh, a bunch of his his pages and stuff being like yeah this is misspelled like there's a comma here blah 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 um most of everyone else is like not bad in terms of sp- Spelling, but yeah, there's a couple that I've sent back just being like, you, you, this needs to be changed and all that. Um, but like pretty lax in terms of editing stuff. Uh, people will send me, some people have sent me like scripts or just vague idea outlines of what they want to do. Um, thankfully, it being like short three-page comics, no one really gets too far gone in terms of like concept and execution. It's pretty, like, one-to-one um, because you don't have that much space to work with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just whatever, really. Like, there, there, are page, there are people where I'm just like, hey, just make a comic, submit it by this date. Uh, it needs to be themed around music. In Like, the brief is always, it needs to be themed around music in any way. I don't particularly care how it's themed around music. Uh, you can do it as a review or, like, a diary comic or just make something fun up. Um, do whatever you want to do, and then I won't get anything until the pages have just like come in and it's and like in some way it's very like they could hand me a huge steaming pile of shit and it's just kind of like well this is what i have to work with <laughs> i guess this is what i'll work with but um no one has done that so far which is yes. really really not yet yet <laughs> um so yeah that's really really nice and reassuring of just like yeah 
I bet on the right horses by getting these people on. Now, since uh, we have a lot of listeners outside of America, sorry, Australia, who have not been uh, able to uh, get their hands on a comic as easily as some of us here, um, do you want to describe a couple of your favourite strips from uh, the two issues so far? Totally. Um, in terms of uh, overseas stuff as well, uh, I do have on the web store digital copies that you can get. Oh, great. Oh, um, great. So Very yeah, clever. You can get a, you know, a nice fancy PDF. PDF. Yeah, and the PDF we I use is the same as the print PDF, more or less. So it's all like nice and high res and fancy and stuff. So You can also yeah. purchase copies at kingscomics.com. That's and we true. ship internationally. That's true. Lots yeah, of options. Okay. Yeah, it's all, it's all here. Um, yeah, uh, one of my favorite comics in issue two is uh, Claudia's. Uh, it's the first comic in the book. Full where... name again, please. You've got to shout them out in a, in, a, in a big way. I don't know how to pronounce her surname because <laughs> I'm one of those people of just like, Oh, I, I don't know how to pronounce this name, so I will never say it out loud. I never have to no. deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that just goes for it. Yeah, <laughs> take a yeah. red hot go. Um, Claudia Acole, I believe it is. Um, sorry, Claudia, that's not how it's properly pronounced. Uh, her comic is really cool uh, in that it's her kind of using the idea of how certain songs are tied to certain memories. Uh, so she has this really nice sequence in the middle of it where it's a nine panel grid and it's just the exact same, her in the exact same pose, like on the bus holding the rails, uh, in the shower, just kind of sitting at a cafe and it's like the song playing through it. And it's just kind of, yeah, that idea of like, you know, memories and songs being tied together. Uh, that's really great. The way she did that comic as well is really cool in that it was just, I think it's three layers of tracing paper. Incredible. That have just been put on, style, yeah. yeah, that have just been put on top of each other and that gives us this nice faded look of the background stuff uh but yeah that's fantastic comic uh that's one of my favorites it's so gorgeous she's so good um at the we had the launch show uh last wednesday uh the night before she messaged me and was like oh hey i have the originals do you want to hang them up because they probably won't get seen any other time so i like she lived like 15 minutes around the corner so like drove over picked them up and hung them up in the gallery and, oh, like, awesome. and they're so good my dad really likes that comic Aww, um, and I was like nice. he was like yeah it's such a good comic I think that's my favourite um, and I was like oh well the artist for it is just over there so he went over to her and was like hi I- I'm Chris's dad uh, your comic it's so good and had like a nice spiel to her and I was talking to her later and I was like did like a man come over to you and kind of like congratulate you on the comic she was like yeah and I was like that was my dad and she's like oh what a lovely and sweet man and I was like yes <laughs> yes he is um, dad approved yeah yeah uh, in issue two as well, there's another like short thing by uh, Evie Hillier, who, if you're not following on Instagram, you are an idiot. She is like just one of the funniest cartoonists working What's in Australia. Instagram? Instagram? Siobhan just um, grabbed for a phone. Yeah, genuinely. Uh, her Instagram is Yves, Y-E-V-Z. I think there might be an underscore at the start or end. Yeah, there we I go. don't know. Um, she's oh she's she, very funny she, she's, oh I'm already following her nice yeah, yeah, yeah. good job me <laughs> she's got the like Instagram thing down in that every panel it'll be like six images and every panel is just one image so you swipe through it and it's just these weird like bizarre comics this isn't her um, meet me in the pit comic but there's one in there where it's like her comic avatar standing there and there's like someone else there talking about like oh you like girls it's just a phase you'll grow out of it and like just you know, this constant kind of, like, badgering of, like, gender identity. And I forget what the rest of the setup is, but the ending of it is two women on their backs and then hands come out of their vaginas and shake hands. (laughs) 
Um, that's great. Yeah. That's the best punchline. Yeah. I don't even need to know the rest of the joke. Because they're, <laughs> they're not lovers, they're just friends because, you know, two women can never be more than that. Um, but yeah, just that punchline page is something that sticks in my mind. Yeah. And it's yeah. a good image. Um, but yeah, she's really, really funny and she did uh, three pages in number two where one of them was like the type of weirdos you meet in a mosh pit. Uh, one of them was this nice story about like, I guess the camaraderie you get of being in a mosh pit. And then one was all short comics where someone is like, I listen to all types of music. And someone else is like, all types are huh? <laughs> Siri play third wave Scott. And it's like a dude clawing his eyes out. while the mighty, mighty boss tones playing in the background. Yeah. yeah. I, which I, I, take- I, I really enjoyed her, uh, her comics. They were like, like, really like Sunday uh, newspaper vibe. Strip yeah. comics. It was a good yeah. vibe. She's super funny. Um, another comic initiative I really like is Anita Gallagher's where she was she went to Japan at some point as like an exchange or something oh is this the one where she's talking about like idols and stuff yeah she talks about like the idol culture of Japan and like seeing like live J-pop bands and how every band those big bands all that have like certain things of like Mm. maybe this band you have to bring in a torch like that's how you signal you like them and like weird hand gestures and stuff and it's just her like showing three experiences going all of them and like yeah just that was just a really really fun comic and just i don't know interesting in that of just how pop cult like pop stardom in japan is so different to australia because yeah. she has at the yeah. top like things there it's like i think it's like oh what is it not fanfare but yeah it has like whatever it is where one of them is like some weird like torch with this like d20-esque uh, design on the top that you line up and there you, to show that you like the band you have to do this weird like you point just one hand up in the sky like heaps um, which I'm doing right now but this is an audio medium so imagine sorry. do it yourself imagine. at yeah. home everybody yeah just get your finger put one point finger out and just point really really high in the sky and raise your arm and stuff and repeat now you're doing it now you're um, a fan of this band yeah like that was really cool and like yeah she has such a really nice uh, expressive cartooning mm. style cool um, page layouts as well yeah, I thought totally. it was really interesting yeah, um, in issue one, uh, uh, I think you know this guy, uh, the writer called Christoph uh, Bojax. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Christoph is a lovely, lovely man. Yeah, um, I've hung out with him a couple of times. Like, he's a really, really cool dude and, like, just wants to do comics so badly and, like, yeah. so happy that we kind of have someone doing that. I've read a bunch of it. Like, I tabled with them at a, like... Yeah, because he's published his own before as well. Yeah, he has. Uh, he used Doug as well. I was, gonna say, I was just about to say, I really like the way he's, 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 a, he's a printer too. So, it's the same dude. There yeah. You go. It's the same dude, yeah. Shouts to Doug. Yeah, big up to Doug. Um, yeah, Christoph is great. Uh, and he did this amazing comic where it's based on King Gizzard's Nonagon Infinity album. Also, the artist for it is a dude called Josh Spencer. Um, uh, based on King Gizzard's Nonagon Infinity album, which that album is, is designed that you can pay it, play it on constant repeat, and it just cycles back into it. So the comic he made is this amazing, like Jack Kirby-esque looking Conan the Barbarian story, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. peppered with King Gizzard lyrics. And the way that it ends is that it li- uh, loops back into the very start of the comic. Real good, so good, it's so good. Such a like smart concept, um, especially for like, oh, you have three pages to tell a story, and he's just like, nah. I'm just going to use like an infinite, infinite pages to tell the same story forever and ever. <laughs> um, uh, Meg O'Shea did a comic in issue one. Uh, Meg O'Shea is the best indie cartoonist in Australia, which I know is big sounds call. like yeah, sounds like a big call and big metric. But man, like I genuinely don't cannot imagine going to a zine fair in Sydney and not buying one of her comics. Uh, one of her strips uh, recently, she published it on the Nib. 
over in like on the US, yeah, and she was just she won an award, she's been she? nominated for an Ignatz Award, yeah, which huge. that is so huge and so fantastic. But yeah, she's fantastic, and she's just kind of been in. Yeah, the Aussie comic scene for a while. Like, What's most the name of, of her main comics that she puts out herself at Zine Fairs? Has she got? Uh, they're all like short ones. Okay, like, sure. th- there's one called Lad Ghost, where it's just a ghost who's a lad. <laughs> oh my god, that's um, so good. Uh, and then she did another one called like The Walls of King Street, where it's just these kind of like shitty Newtown types rolling through King Street, but they're wolves and stuff. Great. Um, but yeah, she's just so good, and like the way she draws comics are fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she did a comic in issue one that's all about um, her growing up with a really, really lame music taste and not understanding I people I really in identified art with that. Yeah. <laughs> people in art school having all these cool music tastes and just being like, how do you, how do you know? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. About like the Velvet Underground and yep. Sonic Youth and these cool bands. I, I grew up listening to WSFM. Like, I don't understand. How? How? <laughs> um, yeah, I also empathize with that as well. Of just growing up in a household where, yeah, just an uncool music taste, which led to me being like in high school and my favorite bands being Weird Al and Real Big Fish. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I'll fly I'll fly the third wave scar flag forever. <laughs> me um, too, but I think I was also cool. <laughs> all right. You do a comic podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I am anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> I have never been cool. I never will be cool. I'll die a nerd. <laughs> at, at no point though that I think ha- liking Real Big Fish was lame. So I don't know how... Was it was it cool? Okay, okay. Was it cool when you were yeah. in high school and we're actually a bit younger than you? 
and it no, was no longer they were cool when we were in high school. A cool band in yeah, 1998. Yeah. yeah, but when we were in high school in the 2000s, no, was it wasn't oh, right, cool. Okay, sure. yeah. You're an old I got, man. I got into Real Big Fish because all my favorite Newgrounds animators would use Real Big Fish <laughs> songs in their like funny video game parodies. Um, and also they did a lot of the soundtrack for the hit movie Basketball. That's right. Yes, please. Yeah, so... But I went so through a big rockabilly phase, which is probably more <laughs> embarrassing. I feel like that's worse. Yeah, that's worse. It's worse, isn't it? It is, it is worse. I'm sorry. I shouldn't no, have said Double basses are pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chill out the living end. I played, yeah. a, I, I played a living end song at, at a festival on Saturday. How'd it go? I, was, go? Playing, I was playing in a tent called Guilty Pleasures. Lovely. And I, I did like a, uh, a uh, like late 90s, uh, early 2000s like pop punk bit. And then I played the Prisoner Society. Yeah. And it, went, it went off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. Um, how come there's no comics about Living End so far? Is that yeah. what you're I don't know. All right. What kind of Australian music anthology? Issue 3, all Living End special. Yeah. Uh, well, I bet you could probably get them issue to seven, write one. Issue 7, all Area 7 special. <laughs> I don't know who that is. What's so, that? Someone cool. Do you know if you know? No. no, no. That, I, then I'm familiar with That was name. Australia's premier third wave ska band. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So whenever like Real Big Fish or whatever would tour, you'd either get the Porkers or Area 7 in support. Were they on any of the Tony Hawk soundtracks? Uh, no, Australia never made it that big. Then I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the ultimate metric of good ska. <laughs> Do you remember? Did you ever listen to Flogging Molly? I know yeah. we're going away from no, the topic of comics, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. did you ever listen to Flogging Molly? But, like, yes. I, yeah, one of my friends in high school was like, they were his favorite band and he was obsessed with them and then by osmosis i got into them and yeah yeah. my name is siobhan if there was anything like irish themed i was like that's my new favorite thing for some reason (laughs) (laughs) it went from the cause to flogging molly (laughs) that's not true yeah and then i discovered the pogues and i was like Uh, oh (laughs) this is what like good sound like (laughs) yeah i love their scar music yeah (laughs) irish scar (laughs) Um, so let's uh, like, I mean before we uh, jump ship um, over to talking about general music and comics um, where where can we pick up uh, Meet Me in the Pits 1 and 2 yeah uh, so Meet Me in the Pit 1 and 2 uh, you can pick it up online at gumroad.com slash blueprint comics um, you can also follow my Instagram uh, which is instagram.com slash blueprint dot comics uh, you can also buy it if you're in Sydney uh, or overseas um, you can buy it from King's Comics um you can also buy it up the road from <laughs> King's Comics at Books Kinokonia. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah. Well, I worked there for like three and a half years. So yeah. Colors it's run your right. Yeah. Colors run deep. <laughs> um, and if you live in Brisbane, you can pick up copies at Junkie Comics. Uh, that's, I haven't been there yet, but it just looks like my dream comic Absolutely. Store. Like, I really want to go there, but mm. just I have no I reason to I don't want to go to Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah, I have zero reason to be in Brisbane, so... I don't think, like, <laughs> I want to go to a comic book store is good enough for you. You know who else who, who was from Brisbane? Area 7. Are they? <laughs> I think so. I'm assuming. I'm going to listen to Area 7 when I get out of here. I'm going to listen to them and be like, oh, yeah, horns. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can hear the hats they're wearing. Yeah. Oh, the, the, I can see. I just visualized the, like checkered uh, yep. vans you the pon- slip oh on God. vans you better yes. believe it yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up do a scar special meet me in the pit skank with me in the pit skank with me in the pit <laughs> um, so yeah um, I wanna talk about quickly uh, with you uh, examples of music in comic books that we've, in- we've all enjoyed in the past and if there are things that we maybe not enjoyed What's good? What isn't good? We mentioned uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, writer and cartoonist David Lapham, and he did a series for Vertigo in the mid 2000s uh, called Young Liars, which is uh, 
him at his like least sensical in terms of a cohesive narrative, but it's a very vivid, imaginative uh, book about. Well, you said you read it too, yeah, Chris. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it's. I don't know how to describe that book. Uh, I started and I was like, oh god, I gotta pass the mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, all right, so I think it's Danny is the main character. Um, is kind of a bit of a shitty bloke, and he's friends with this girl called Sadie who got shot in the head and survived because they only clipped part of her brain or whatever. Um, but now she has no like inhibition control. So it starts with her in a mosh pit, like punching some dude in the face, and it's like this big burly like skinhead looking punk dude. Uh, and then he takes her outside to like beat the shit out of her, and then they fight one another. Um, yeah, and it's just Danny kind of like. Being all like, oh, I love her, but like, she doesn't love me, and yeah, and then they meet these other people, and they you meet his friends, and you just realize that these people are all just like absolute garbage people, <laughs> and they've just all combined together in this like really terrible friend group. Um, uh, and then Sadie is like the heiress to some like Walmart esque global food chain, so her father has sent out these people to find her and bring her back and they're just like really vi- they call the Pinkertons but they're like really violent kind of like private eye types and whenever they show up at stuff it's always at gigs and they always rock up wearing um black t-shirts with like band logos on them like I just remember like this one bit that they're just in there and they're all just standing in the one just wearing like a plain black t-shirt with the word Weezer across it <laughs> it's just the most like <laughs> if, the band, if the band's called the Pinkertons so. no they're called oh, well, yeah that's true yeah, that's yeah. true um, but Pinkertons also like the 1930s detective agency oh okay sure so, thing. yeah, yeah. And um, also the name of a Wiz album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's I'm going, to, I'm going to have a nap now. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no bits in the comic where one of the characters just like, man, Japanese schoolgirls do it to me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Half Japanese schoolgirls. That's true. <laughs> man, I, that, 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 let's talk about an album. We we're talking about Skull already. Let's talk about an album <laughs> that I listened to in high school and has like really not aged as an adult of just like, oh, Rivers Kumo, you were really like, Sad and kind of horny dude. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why that makes them good. Yeah, isn't that that's, that's isn't that why nerds legacy. identify with them yeah. forever? Yeah, pretty much. Sad horny music. Last time yeah. they toured um, Australia, there was a big Kings. It's like there was a big Kings team who all went together. It was very lame because yeah. they played the Blue Album in full. Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that was good fun. I, I didn't go to it, and I regret not going to it. I had um, a good time. Yeah, I, I remember there's like an article I wrote where because when Pinkerton came out, everyone panned it, and we're just like, mm. "What is this garbage?" And now everyone loves it like retroactively. Yep, but. Uh, I think maybe it was Chuck Klosterman I, I don't know uh, wrote an article where he was like Weezer are the way they are now because of that moment where Rivers Kermo was the most literal and just open book of all time where all of those songs in there I absolutely believe those are him like one to one and there's no like Rivers Kumo character and he puts it out in the world and everyone's just like no Rivers Kumo <laughs> yeah, I hate this and so then he's this. like fine I'm going to sing songs about Wanting to be in Beverly Hills and Islands in the Sun. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and that's why you kind of get like weird, goofy pop rock Weezer now where it comes out and people are like, oh, every album is always like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a real return to form. And then no one talks about that album a week after it comes out. Mm. Um, let's jump genre um, and talk about uh, Ed Pisker's uh, hip hop family tree, um, which uh, I wish I was a bigger fan of than I am. I, yeah, I think it looks excellent, and I think the research that's gone into it—it's all about um, like the roots of, of hip hop, starting in the in the seventies in New York. Um, 
I just, uh, I, I, I think it's just, it's only because the era of, of hip hop that he's talking about doesn't interest me as much as later eras, and I just wish he would get there. Um, but he's, you know, being very, very definitive and, and, and taking his sweet time with, with uh, putting out issues and, and, and really, really making sure everything of that early area is documented really well. But isn't that why it's not that appealing? Because it's so, like, nerdishly accurate in its. Uh, Documenting. If it was nerdishly accurate about an era of hip hop that I love, I'd be so be fine so with it. Like if it was about like New Orleans in the mid nineties, right. I'd be like that would be like my favorite book of all time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I think I'm more like as much as I love what he's doing with X Men Grand Design now, I'm kind of bummed that he stopped doing Hip Hop Family Tree to focus on that, and also he was doing that uh, autobiographical comic Mudfish, which got delayed because he got the X Men job. Right. Um. But yeah, you're right. It's just on the cusp of like my favorite period of well not favorite but like that period of where like hip hop really got good of like the beastie boys start putting out albums and like it's hinted just like public enemy of like chuck d's putting on that like pittsburgh pirates hat and it's just like yes he's gonna do it and then we haven't got that yet and just the yeah we're on the cusp of all of you know the definitive you know classic rap albums starting to come out yeah, uh, yeah, instead of being stuck on like you know Grandmaster Flash and all of those Which is really like old, really really rappers. important. But I feel like it has been like you know when I was getting into hip hop, it, it's very very well documented already. Yeah, and I've read countless uh, you know people retelling those those early days. I mean, I, not, that granted, not everybody has, and certainly not in comic book format. So it definitely is a thing that should exist. I just wish it would get to the era that I want documented. Yeah, if it ever does. Yeah, hopefully. Go hopefully. to the West Coast. Tell me about Dr. Dre, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've done the hints, but like he, it was, you know young Dr. Dre at some party at yeah. someone's house and it's like, ooh, it's very like, ooh, look at look at this young boy Clark Kent sitting in class. I wonder what will become of him yeah, one day. Totally. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna do things. Um next comic, you got anyone for us, Siobhan? Um I mean the one that always springs to mind for me is Phonogram. Uh, Kieran yeah. Gillen. Uh, the Kieran Gillen Jamie and Jamie McKelvey. McKelvey, the early one. I that I read that when I was like Super obsessed with Britpop because I was just the coolest guy ever and went straight from rockabilly to Britpop. Um, <laughs> it's certainly much cooler than rockabilly. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely that I really enjoyed Phonogram and I think that's where the sort of seeds of his like music is magic thing started. But I found I find it uh, much more enjoyable than I found The Wicked and the Divine, which I know loads of people love now, and I should probably go back and reread. Um, but for me, that's one of my favorite music-based comics. Like, I don't really know that many music-based I, comics. I own it. I've still never read Phonogram. That's good. In spite of being a massive fan of Wicked and the Divine and the, the two creators in general. Um, it's like early Jamie McKelvey, so his art isn't quite as good as it is now. Yeah, but his, it's... Um, his and art, the second volume is much better than the first. Yeah, but his art on the first volume is very kind of stiff. And it was black and white originally. Yeah. You can tell that they kind of... I don't know if it was cut corners of just... A lot of it is just not very detailed, but you can see the the classic Jamie McKelvey shot of um, mid shot kind of staring at the camera, looking with like doing a hand gesture, which he does in mm-hmm. everything he does. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like uh, I really like Singles Club, the second volume. That was yeah. one of when in high school. That was one of the first like new comics that I got into, and I think that's kind of the reason I read a lot of the comics that I read now and like the things that I like now. Um, yeah, reading Singles Club was just kind of, I don't know. I want to use the word transformative, but I feel like transformative is like, I don't know, $5 word. 
<laughs> this no, this topic doesn't deserve But yeah, like totally It did like, blow my mind at the time And I was like, oh wow I didn't realise comics could really be like this Yeah, and just the way that it's done All the different perspectives And yeah. each issue and stuff Like the last issue of the series Is just a music video for TV on the radio's Wolf Like Me And that's just one of the best songs ever And just reading that and realising what it was It's just like, oh wow, holy shit I didn't know you could do that with comics um, so yeah, so yeah. That, so this, the reason I've avoided it is because it, it, it does just sound like him describing music he likes. But is there a narrative to cling on to throughout it or is it just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right, um, sweet. All right. I mean, the Rupert Tanya one's cool in that the narrative is Britpop kind of coming back in the mid-2000s with the kind of like Arctic Monkeys and their kind of ilk of like, you know, here are the new like indie rock British superstar bands and like it's Britpop's... Second Coming and uh, McKelvey is very, very, like, one-for-one self-insert character. David Cole being like, oh, you can't bring that back. Like, you know, you're you're resurrecting a dead corpse. Like, you shouldn't, like, live in the past. You should make something new and stuff. And it's kind of, yeah, it's just the idea of reconciling uh, the re-emergence of fads and, like, nostalgia of... Was everything during that Britpop period the best? Because you remember it being the best? Or was it just good in places but not great overall like you had your oasis and blurs but they're also you know the same thing with like what happened with the grunge movement of just there are some really good standout bands that who still hold up really really great and then there are some bands there who 100% got swept up in the hype of this grunge stuff really really sells to the kids these days oh, yeah. sign on bush let's get this glycerine going um, but yeah like we actually have a lot of uh, Bush, Bush fans listening. So oh, really? You've, you've just lost I'm 50% well, of our audience. Well, I like audience. Glycerine. Glycerine goes all right. <laughs> um, some Creed. Um, <laughs> well, 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 does Scott Pilgrim count? Oh, yeah. I guess that does. Yeah, of course yeah, it does. Yeah. He's in a it band. Does. Yeah. 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 And music plays such bands. a huge part in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I assume that's probably the comic, the music-based comic that most people have, listened, have read. But I never think of it as a music-based comic. I think of it as a video game-based comic. I think of it as a comic about love. I think of it as a comic book about a man who wants to date a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love. <laughs> that hasn't aged well. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't specifically. Brian Leo no, no. The comic as a whole has aged well. Like, I reread all of it last year. And, like, that was also a very end of high school, one of those comics yeah. of, like, oh, it's still coming out. And it's kind of like, it's my comics. Mm. Not, you know, like, a lot of the comics I read in high school were, you know, the older Vertigo stuff because... That's what people are like. You should read Watchmen and like read Sandman, which is a bad comic. And you should read <laughs> Why the Last Man. Um, and those were great of just, oh, these are the classics, but none of these are the kind of, you know, the new ones. Sure. Um, and yeah, and like Scott Pil- Pilgrim holds up really, really well. And Except for the bit where he's waiting outside the high school to pick up knives. Yeah. Right. Um, that bit's not good. Yeah. And yeah. It's How old cool. is he at that point? Like 20- he's like 23. Okay. 23. Yeah. Too old. Too old to be dating a high schooler. Yeah. 23 um, is too, still disgustingly young in my eyes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Levin's over here. <laughs> Coming out this summer at Marvel. <laughs> the dystopian feature, future that no one deserves. Old man Levin's. Um, so, uh, Just you rocking up to the young kids like, do you like this rap song? <laughs> uh, grandpa. Have a hot dog. Uh, I have a couple um, that I, I own that I've never read. Um, oh, uh, yeah. The Fifth Beatle. Um, yeah, I own that too, and I've also I bought it for my dad. It. He liked it. Dark Horse put it out a few years ago, and I gave it to him for Christmas by Andrew Robinson, Vivek Tiwari, yeah. and Kyle Baker. Uh, it's all about, all about Brian Epstein, who was, Epstein, who mm-hmm. was their uh, their producer. 
um, and often referred to as the fifth Beatle. And then um, uh, Jim Henson's Tale of Sand by Raymond oh, K. Perez. That's a good I own book. it. I've never fucking it's read it. It's beautiful. Is that music based? Um, How's the music based? Yeah, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, it's about a dude who plays, like, trumpet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you make a good point. Yeah. Um, I think of it as Jim Henson based, not music based. Uh, but hey, if you got if you got some uh, cool music based uh, comics like uh, maybe that what's that really sweet comic that's um, uh, about Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig? Oh, uh, Henry and Glenn yeah. Forever. That's a good one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I've read a few issues of that. That's a few like pages of that. I mean, it's pretty much the exact same joke of just like, what if Henry and Glenn were in a gay relationship, and also Glenn Danzig is the kind of like moody one of just always you know stirring up trouble. Yeah, um, and. Just Henry Rollins is just still Henry Rollins of this like stern brick wall of a man. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, yeah, it's actually really. But they, 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 the the writer clearly loves both of them and also the version that he's created of both mm. of these characters. So it doesn't doesn't ever appear. It doesn't really come across as crass or kind of exploitative at all. Yeah. It's or just really sweet. Yeah. Um, hasn't um hasn't the RZA written a bunch of comics? Didn't he write some samurai comics? Um, um, lots of musicians have written comics. You can, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. in that route, you can talk about the Moon Knight run recently. That was by oh, yeah, the dude true. from Say Anything. I did that. Uh, I did that on CBR. Like one of the last things I wrote for them was this big article about all the celebrities, all the musicians who have written comics. Gerard I mean, Broadway yeah, yeah. is yeah, the most yeah, yeah. You know, yep. obvious one. Uh, Courtney Love did what? a. Oh. oh my god! Oh, get ready. I so would Courtney read that. Love. This is a Tokyo pop thing in like the early 2000s. Oh she did a manga series. Called Princess I, spelled A-I, and I, for all the people who don't speak Japanese out there, is Japanese for the word love. So it's uh, Princess Love. Right. Uh, and in it, uh, the character Princess I uh, is like an angel person, uh, and there's a war in heaven, and the angels fight demons or something, and she gets sent to <laughs> Earth. And then while on Earth, she meets this uh, boy. I forget his name, but he wears like a... Uh, stripy and dirty like brown cardigan he has uh. length length uh shoulder length like shaggy dirty blonde hair so who could it be um, and dave he, carri- yeah. dave Grohl, and he right? carries yeah, around this thing that's like a heart shaped box oh right um, yeah cool i want of course is a reference to the foo fighter song monkey wrench yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also, should shout out um, uh, a comic that I know both of you and I love. However, you've only read the half that I'm about to talk about, and that is "Love and Rockets" yes. um, by Jamie and uh, Gilbert Fernandez. Um, Hernandez, Hernandez, yeah, Hernandez. yeah, yeah. Always forget. It's a tough one to remember. Um, <laughs> I think that's the, the seventh variation of their last name I've given <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but uh, in uh, in Jamie's uh, Love and Rockets issues, uh, the bulk of it is about um, Maggie and Hopi um, and the uh, like California punk scene in the uh, late 80s. Um, but of course, because it, it, it ages in real time, so do the uh, young punk musicians that we meet in the first issues who are now like going through late midlife crises. And it's, God, that's the best comic in the universe. New um, issue out this week. Very excited. Oh my gosh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, funny thing you bring up Love and Rockets, the cover for issue one of uh, Meet Me in the Pit. Which uh, is amazing. Wh- one of the designs I originally, uh, it was done by uh, Rebecca Lowry. Uh, one of the designs that I gave to her was a Love and Rockets cover. I think it's issue 24. I could be wrong, but where it's the it's red and black and it's like a perspective from the stage and it's um, Hopi's band playing on stage. And that is like my all-time favorite comic book cover. Like I love it so much. Um, I gave her that as reference material. Uh, originally, the cover was going to be all black and the character on it was going to be all red, but it just didn't look very nice. So we changed it to being like the black bar at the top, red background, and 
the figure and the girl dancing in the center is painted with like a really faded yellow. Um, the color design from that is also the color design for Jamie Hernandez's uh, art book, which if you bring it up is oh, the red cool. cover, Sweet, yeah, yeah. white lettering, and like uh, it's got I think it's got Hopi or Maggie on the front, and she's colored that same kind of faded yellow. Yeah, sick. Cool. so yeah, there you go. Good, good way, good way to end on. Um, if you have uh, some music-based comics that you'd love to talk about, the best place to do that is over in the Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. And while you're there, why not at Chris Neal? Because he's in the group as well. It's and, true. And uh, you can tell him how much you love Meet Me in the Pits, uh, Issues 1 and 2. Yeah. Both of which are restocked at King's Comics right now. Uh, in store and online. I dropped them off this morning. And again, you can find them uh, online uh, by the PDFs if you don't want to get the physical at gumroad.com slash blueprint. Blueprint Comics. Blueprint Comics. I was so yep. close. You uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to issues three and above. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, man. Three and above. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.